Yowza, 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 indeed. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Kennedy, one half of the Five Films From podcast here. Wanted to take a second today before Todd and I get started on the episode to say thanks for listening. And to ask that if you've been enjoying the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and maybe even leave a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Doing that's going to really help us to connect with more movie-loving listeners just like you. Also, we wanted to give y'all an update on some of the stuff we're working away on for Season 2. Got a lot of good episodes lined up real soon. For example, uh, Todd's currently editing our two-part season premiere on five films from... It's actually going to be ten films from the two-part, or we're going to be doing Brian De Palma. We'll also be gonna getting into some more idiosyncratic stuff with guys like Stuart Rosenberg and Larry Cohen, as well as you know real Hollywood legends like Robert Altman and fan favorites like John Landis and Tony Scott. Again, be sure to subscribe so you can be among the first to hear all of our newest five films from content as soon as it drops. Totally. Lastly, if you're still listening, <laughs> be sure to be on the lookout for our upcoming Patreon feed. We'll be offering all kinds of bonus episodes, things like double features, commentary tracks, etc. 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 And special things like five films from directors who have only made one film and five films from the 70s disaster movie genre. Absolutely. So yeah, a lot of things lined up, good things on the horizon for FFF. And yeah, that's all I got for you. Enjoy the show. With Mac Kennedy and Todd Edmondson. Next movie up um, is going to be The Parallax View, which is from 1974. It's the second of Alan's Paranoia trilogy, <laughs> and it's the first appearance of somebody who's going to become another fan favorite, I'm sure, Warren Beatty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This movie, uh, let's see, I was just, we were just talking about this off mic beforehand, is we were trying to find the box office information for this movie, and it's, it's not like something that I normally even think to look up, but I had heard on another podcast about this, and they'd only, the only, uh, uh, total gross is like $2,942, it says. <laughs> Which, it doesn't even sound possible. It doesn't sound like a real number. No, it sounds it like a joke. And you look at it, you look a little closer, and that was from a 2009 re-release in France. It would grossed that much. And as far as its original box office, 1974, there's just no... It says N.A. Domestic International N.A. There's no information on it. It's you know really why that strange. could be? I mean, it's a, it's a paramount picture. It's a, uh, you know, got movie stars in it. It's a well-known movie. Why... How's that? It's very strange. It's just yeah, it's just bizarre. Yeah, bizarre. Uh, well, this movie um, is is you know clearly based on the JFK uh, assassination. The entire um, story of that. Um, right. So it starts out in Seattle, where uh, Warren Beatty and Paul Apprentice are there. Uh, Paul Apprentice is like a news reporter, uh, and Warren Beatty is trying to get in on get into this he's campaign a, event. He's a print reporter, print reporter small paper. Kind yeah. of a fuck up, too. Like, yeah. I think he's kind of like, you know, they, they kind of don't want to 
Because he's not allowed in there, his, right? Yeah, but, his uh, history precedes himself, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then they're there, and there's a senator speaking there, and the senator's campaign manager is William Daniels, and he's speaking as well. We have Senator Carroll with us today to celebrate Independence Day, and he is an independent politician. In fact, so independent that some say they don't know which party he does belong to. Austin Tucker Austin is with us today as the political advisor to Senator Carroll. Austin, we hear, or people say, that there is some possibility that you want to get the nomination for Senator Carroll next year. Oh, well, I think we're jumping the gun there, Miss Carter. They also he's not running for any other office. He's concentrating on the one he has now. Uh, but the senator is killed, right? Like, right. immediately, right off the bat. This guy, Senator Carroll, Charles Carroll, gets killed. The, the Kennedy-esque figure. And then what happens after that? Um, With the two guys. They're, yeah, they're... Um, there, there's a busboy that runs, right, and he's assumed guys. to be the uh, he's assumed to be the shooter. Secret Service or whoever chases him up onto the it's roof the, of the Space yeah. Needle, he rolls off, and you know that's it. He, that's it for that guy. Yeah. But it's very clear during during from from our vantage point of the audience, it's very clear that there are two busboys involved, mm -hmm. and um, the one who actually fired the shot was not seen. Was he not him. Away right. Without without right. anything. So uh, it makes you you get sort of a you get sort of a suicide bomber kind of a thing out of the other guy, and mm -hmm. we we were talking about um, having seen the movie several times. We're trying to figure out where he, what that guy's history would be. The guy who falls off of the space needle was he a good guy or a bad guy, or was he trying to? Uh... He must have been recruited through the same channels that. See, we're kind of getting ahead of the movie, but. Right. Uh, through the same channels that Beatty ends up getting recruited through, but it seems that he way, couldn't have not known sure. that his role was to be the fall guy, much like the end of the movie, right? right? Like, it has to have been somebody else who was there under a different pretense. Right, even Lee Harvey Oswald said, I'm just a Patsy. Right, yeah, once he, yeah, exactly. Like, you he, know? he couldn't have, like... We just don't know. I mean, yeah. basically, it happened so fast uh, that you're just like, yeah, you know, it just takes your breath away where... Um, Again. And really, before we even have a chance to think about it, the movie cuts away to a, a looks like a Senate committee, sort of a Warren Commission type thing. Mm -hmm. And it's framed in this dark room with just a sort of very kind of imposing, like, wooden podium. And mm -hmm. seven, seven guys seven heads on top of it. Yeah, and the one guy in the middle is giving the speech. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been invited here today for the official announcement of the inquiry into the death of Senator Charles Carroll. Now, this is an announcement, not a press conference. Therefore, there will be no questions. After nearly four months of investigation, followed by nine weeks of hearings, it is the conclusion of this committee that Senator Carroll was assassinated by Thomas Richard Linder. It is our further conclusion that he acted entirely alone, motivated by a misguided sense of patriotism and a psychotic desire for public recognition. The committee wishes to emphasize that there is no evidence of any wider conspiracy. No evidence whatsoever. Now, it's our hope that this will put an end to the kind of irresponsible and exploitive speculation conducted by the press in recent months. There will yeah. be no questions. There will be no questions, and that's it, you yeah. know? Uh, then it's what three years later immediately. Yeah. Immediately, three yeah, years it cuts, later. Yeah, it cuts to uh, it cuts to three years later, and um, 
Warren Beatty works for Hume Cronin, the wonderful Hume Cronin, Very at this little, little paper, you know, Oregon or, or Seattle, I guess. Uh, o- Oregon. Remember William Daniels? You're a third-rate journalist from Oregon or wherever the hell you're from. Yeah. Yeah. He's so great. So Warren Beatty um, is is um, is trying to write a, a drug st- you know drug story about the police, and he uh, he, he gets involved in the, yeah, he gets involved and in it goes into his talks his way into his neighbor's house. My parrot's on your porch, and uh, police bust bust in right after that, and then they bust him. For really no reason other than just being loitering, I guess. Plus, he's he's just in there. He's a thorn in their side. He's writing, you know, this series about about drugs and in the city and whatever. And so, Hume Cronin is always trying to save his paper. You know, the grief of uh, he said, "I gave you a shot." He's kind of like Fletch. Yeah, you (laughs) cured your drinking. You cured your your drinking, but you got to stay out of the story. You can't be part of the story all the time. And um, so Paul Apprentice re- revisits him very, very briefly. To very give briefly, him some she's um, she says someone's trying to kill her. She's extremely distraught. Really good scene. She's a very unsung actress, and um, she was, she was Benjamin, married right? Richard yeah. Benjamin. Yeah, uh, did mostly TV as far as, far as I remember. But anyway, Catch Twenty Two. Um, uh, Catch Twenty Two, right? These people were killed. And whoever killed them is going to try to kill me. Austin Tucker thinks so, too. Austin thinks that maybe we all saw something up there. Yeah, well, we did see something up there, didn't we? No, I mean something else. Well, what do you mean by something else? Does he ever indicated what he means by that? Has he ever indicated to you that he saw anything other than what was in the commission report? No. Nothing? No. Did you see anything up there? No. Well, neither did I. And believe me, I looked. We all looked. You mean if you didn't see it, it's not there. Well, I didn't say that. She ends up dead. Just literally like the next scene. It's a, it's a very gr- like good cut. It's a great use of editing. Yeah. And it's it's her ta- talking to Warren Beatty about how scared she is that she's going to be killed because all these other people have been killed. And it's the two of them like standing by a window. It's like a, a sort of very kind of passive image almost. And just from that cuts to... A close-up of her dead in like a in the morgue. Yeah, morgue. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's really it's a, like, a shit. Powerful little bit of editing there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the gist of the story is that Warren Beatty starts to craft a plan. Well, he got to like, get a fake identity from him, yeah, from your boy, from <laughs> Kenneth Mars, That's right? On, on a toy, on a on a little kids train ride <laughs> that he's on. Yeah, Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty is yeah, it's he calling. Got to go undercover as a. He's got like two fake identities, so that in case yeah. he's un- uncovered, he can say, "Oh well, I changed my name because that guy was a sex offender or yeah, something." Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. A weenie wagger. I tell you what, let's do. Let's make him a weenie wagger. Weenie wagger? Yeah, a weenie wagger. Anybody be ashamed of that? Besides, you look a little bit like a flasher. Yeah, he has a, he has an idea of how he's going to do it, and he's going to try and find basically William Daniels' character, who is the political. What I say, the, uh, like the campaign, uh, the cons- campaign consultant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so. and he was working with Prentice before she died. She said that like me and Austin Tucker, this character, right, right, are, are right. trying to get to the bottom of stuff. Yeah, so he, uh, he he's on a quest to find uh, to find William Daniels, who knows 
probably more, you know, than he wants to say. Like anybody in this situation, he knows just full well all these other people have been killed. And he knows yeah, how he, He's on the run, is. too, this campaign exactly. manager. Yeah, because exactly. he knows what's going on. So, um, so, so Warren Beatty ends up in, uh, what is that? Small, uh, one of the... Small logging town, small somewhere town by the where dam. someone had pre one of the other witnesses to the first assassination had drowned had, in a dam, drowned, fishing yeah. in a dam, and that's also where Austin Tucker, the Daniels character, was supposed to have been. So he's right. going there to meet with Austin Tucker, and instead of Austin Tucker, he runs into this sheriff who initially seems really helpful. He's, he's yeah, asking yeah. for information about this dam and the dead guy, and uh, sort of the sheriff takes Warren Beatty out to the the dam and sort of looking for information. Uh, gives him a sandwich. Warren Beatty has a really funny expression where he's like, Yeah, I brought you some lunch. You are racist with me. Look at that. Yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah, really yeah. funny moment, but about, again, very stark, very quickly, from like this sheriff giving Warren Beatty a sandwich. He takes out a gun and you see, uh oh. So, yeah. Uh, this guy's actually a bad guy. Yeah. I'm going to shoot him, and the, the dam's going to open, and, and they're going to save you ground. It'll be just like what happened to the last guy. Everybody else, yeah, You can see yeah. that click in, in Warren's yeah. head. Joe, in fact, uh, Joe. In fact, Kenneth Mars, when they're setting up this uh, fake ID, Kenneth Mars, he asked Kenneth Mars about how you can fake a heart attack. Mm -hmm. um, and you do that, yeah. Pulmonary embolism pill. Yeah, exactly. And this, the, this it starts cascading... Uh, into a thing where he's, you know, he's getting closer. He finds out it, about it becomes the... Smokey and the Bandit for about two and a half <laughs> minutes. Yeah. So he, like it's got like jangly country banjos and he's got a cowboy hat and he's in a car doing fucking you know jumps and stuff yeah and yeah and it, a, in a stolen police car it really turns into a hell need a movie for a second <laughs> but at, at one point he you know this whole part with the sheriff and the car chase leads him to find a briefcase with some information in it and yeah, that's basically which, the which points thing. to the parallax corporation right where he's got to uh, take a test of some yeah what about some of these questions on this test doesn't this test They're freak you out scary. Yeah. i know and i sh let's i'm gonna pull up for a second you pull up that test because i want to i want to talk about a warren Beatty again calling in his chips he's got a friend who's a anthony zerbe yeah zerbe is a uh, zerbe is a Apparently a behavioral research guy. He's playing pong with a chimpanzee when he, when you meet him, which is really great in this laboratory. And uh, this guy comes in, Ernie. He calls him, hey, Ernie. And uh, he's looking over this test going. Uh, he seems to be directing it toward trying to pull out uh, anger, repression, frustration, stuff like that. You think you could pick up potentially homicidal characteristics? I mean, a killer. Yeah, sure. Well, would you be willing to sit down with me and go through that test and uh, tell me what answers would come from a highly violent personality? Yeah, I'd be willing. We'd probably wouldn't do much good. Stuff pretty sophisticated. It's a lot different than my stuff. It's not any better, but uh, be difficult. So. He said, but hey, 
Why don't we give it to Ernie? Let's have, yeah. Let's have Ernie take the test because Ernie, what did Ernie kill both his grandparents? Right, something, yeah, he <laughs> something did like really some horrible. super crazy crime. Yeah, and he just got this, this aura and this look on his face like... I killed somebody. Right, like, I don't care. Like know? he looks like the way you would think a super crazy killer would look at him. Exactly. Like, it's very it's, it's almost stereotypical, but since it's for it's like economical too. Yeah. This is not a real not a character who appears for more than one second, but it gets all everything you need to know. Across. So it's perfect because uh because as he takes the test at Parallax, which is an incredible and I've got a couple gosh. of these questions pulled up real quick yeah. um that I found. Uh, and so this is the personality inventory designed to draw out aggressive and, and like psych murderous psychotic people. Some of the questions are, I like high places. I like romantic stories better than adventure stories. I'm at my best in large groups. I'm often frightened when I wake up in the middle of the night. <laughs> the person whom I admired most as a child was a woman. <laughs> yeah. Just... And that's like five of the 40 something questions it's just the first that i saw it's, it's just but it's just it's jangly yeah stuff. like uh, i'm settling. i'm i'm mostly happy you know and then just three questions later i'm mostly angry right yeah. it just like keeps keeps like yanking you back and forth i'm trying to um, find that thing. do you remember that app i showed you where it was like a bunch of questions that looked like they were from the parallax test <laughs> i don't i don't have what it was a, that i forgot shoot, i don't remember i wish i had it in front of me jeez um, well, so he, he, Warren Beatty is, is uh, invited to go to visit the Parallax. Based on these test based results. Based on these yeah. test results, which are really from Ernie, who is a homicidal killer. Um, so he's perfect. He's, he's, uh, he's got this dingy little hot plate apartment, and this guy shows up and talks about how, you know, how perfect he is. Uh, and, they, and then they set him up in a job, but he has to come to the, uh, again, a big, giant, imposing... Uh, all glass, dark monolithic glass, tower, monolithic, yeah. and it seems to be like in the middle of kind of. I think it's Los Angeles. Yeah, I think it's Los Angeles, but it seems it's still got kind of a far away kind of. It just somehow he makes it feel like it's just this whole other world. I mean, so it's not where Joe's normally from, right? So exactly, yeah. Normal, and then yeah. Joe has to sit in this big, uh, comfy leather chair and hold all five fingertips on the on the white squares and they show this film montage that it's unbelievable pretty probably what p most people will remember this movie for I think, exactly um, how can you describe this montage it's just like it's it's it starts it's sort of like an it's sort of like an american beer commercial or something there we go i found oh, the thing yeah, i was looking the for the toxic person test and this was an app I, on in, that was being advertised on Instagram, and the the questions on it are absolutely paralyzed for you questions. Absolutely, yeah. Mental health text, a sponsored ad, the toxic person test. It is simply a fact that I am smarter than the average person. I do not like to be treated like one of the crowd. Everyone lies. I'm just better at it than most. <laughs> Uh, it sounds the, like it's like the parallax test. The it's best like, way to avoid being disappointed is to expect the worst. <laughs> I think that's good advice right there. Yeah, that's good advice, that, that last that's one. That's solid. Yeah, right there. That's wild great. stuff. Wild stuff. So the video yeah, montage the video is just like a, it's just like an all, it starts out as just like this all-American, uh, you got a happy farm family, you know, a nuclear family, but they're of the earth. And Norman the flag, Rockwell. Very, yeah, and the flag of. and the eagle and the music is very, you know, patriotic and stirring, Sousa-esque kind of. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uplifting 
Uh, and it just starts creeping in these other images. And there are words, too, that keep popping up. Right, words happiness. Like happiness, or, mother, father, me. Yes. Uh, I, I don't, some others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, like that. And, and, and it gets going a little faster. Home. And it starts inserting, like, images of riots and uh, a dead guy laying on the ground. Hitler. Hitler and, and, and Nixon and Mao and uh, Thor, the Marvel uh, Comics Thor, character. You see Thor, Thor a bunch of times. A bunch of and, times. And, you know, you'll show... It'll say me, and it'll show Thor. And the music gets kind of weird and jangly. You know what it reminds me of? Have you ever watched those Nixon campaign commercials from 1968? Absolutely. That's what it reminds me yeah. of. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Law and order. It is time for an honest look at the problem of order in the United States. Dissent is a necessary ingredient of change. But in a system of government that provides for peaceful change, there is no cause that justifies resort to violence. Let us recognize that the first civil right of every American is to be free from domestic violence. So I pledge to you, we shall have order in the United States. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah it's very, it's very, uh, it's, it, it's very kind of... Um, authoritative the whole thing about it it's it's just you're seeing this for a reason and it, everything about this is right and it just it just it puts you into this this um space where you're just pissed off right at, at the world. it's almost like it's it it's like a it's a test right so they're measuring his responses but it also to me reads like a sort of brainwashing type thing where it's it's just like very basic film techniques of like montage like the like real like Sergei Sergei Eisenstein like yeah, image yeah followed by image and that means there's an association so it's like right mother like the word mother and then a mother and then like they'll do enemy and then like foreigners or something like that yeah and, just, and later on it'll it'll be en the same picture of enemies and it'll say mother yeah and, uh, and it'll be like <laughs> me and it'll have four or it'll be like me and it's just I really just kind of appreciated the almost like how stupidly basic it is but also how effective that is it's, exactly yeah. and it and it's it just it it it's almost looks like it was a project of its own off to the side of the film it, you it, know? that's a good point yeah uh, i'm not sure who put it all together really but cool i mean point. the sources and the end credits are just there's just tons of them and it is something that is and i'd seen that years before i'd seen the parallax view you know you i didn't know what the parallax view was i had seen that as a youtube video and it freaked me the fuck out yeah, when yeah. i was in college <laughs> But yeah, uh, years later I found out what it was. But it it's like a powerful like four minute short film in and of itself. Yeah, and if you take it out of context, you think this is real. It feels like it feels. That's when you see it out of context is when it feels like brainwashing and not yeah, less yeah. like a test and more like a, a right. sort of indoctrination. As part of the story, it's really uh, it, it's really intense, but it also fits in with trying to you know develop Joe as um, the Warren Beatty character as uh, as an asset, you mm -hmm. know and what he's trying to do is get closer and closer to, because in the in the main building he gets off, and again we've talked about how much of this is planned by them, yeah. because the guy Who does he run who's into the other after taking the other bus boy from the initial assassination is suddenly walking around this building and he's following him. He falls into the airport. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and so the guy who was the assassin from before, Warren Beatty, sees him. Uh, uh, and he follows him and to the airport, to the and, airport he, and 
checks so a what bag. What happens here? And, yeah, this is when it starts getting real. Yeah, he, the the guy checks a bag like a briefcase. That's yeah. all he has, and and then it shows him. Then he leaves. He does not get on. The plane. Right, he does yeah. not get on the plane. It shows him on an overpass across from the airport, right. watching. And Warren Beatty gets on the plane, and in essence, thwarts what he thinks is going to happen by saying there's a bomb on the plane. And they turn around to Los Angeles, and everybody gets off, and you hear an explosion. Yeah. Um, now, interestingly, one of the characters, we were talking about this, uh, a, the, the first class um, is a guy, uh, a senator, an senator. incumbent senator and his, and his aide. And they're, yeah, and this, when Warren Beatty sees this senator uh, on the plane is when he realizes, oh, this is another assassination. Another right? That's assassination. when he puts it together that right, there's right. this bomb going on. Right. But the dialogue between the senator and his aide ends up, like, really confusing me in, in the full context of the movie, in that sort of scene. Because this Parallax Corporation, basically, we know they're recruiting assassins, right? Right. And we know that they're killing people. And so we've got this incumbent senator whose name... I don't remember off the top of I don't either. But incumbent senator, and he's talking about how he's running against a guy named George Hammond, right, in in this election. And this incumbent senator is in the state of California. They try to kill him, right? Just keep that in mind. Keep all that in mind for what comes later in the movie. Right, right. right. So the Parallax exactly. Corporation is trying to kill this incumbent senator who's running against a guy named George Hammond. But or, or yeah, or is this all part of an experiment right. with Warren Beatty that they just set up ahead of time? Yeah, and it's ultimately confusing because what they send Warren Beatty to do when they next contact him is to go to Atlanta and kill Hammond. And it's the same guy you see in the newspaper article as being George Hammond, only now he's called John Hammond. And it's in the state of Georgia, but he was running for Senate in California. It's an editorial even you can't figure out. What is he doesn't like Hammond any better than he likes you. You're too strong on one side, Hammond's too strong on the other. That continuity yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. Is that just a film flaw in the script? Or yeah, it, to, we, we to me really, really like I think it almost it might be intentional or might not it might just be a continuity error, but even if it's not, it makes the movie more like kind of confounding, which is <laughs> it is effective, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. I almost think it's like a continuity error that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not an error, and then you know that's right. Uh, yeah, not an error at all. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's what uh, what's great about the movie is it leaves you like like the Kennedy assassination or, or uh, I mean nine eleven or, or right. whatever the, where there are serious questions about how why why did this happen who. Who was really behind all this, and uh, especially Kennedy, and the, uh, which is parallels. One of the things that you know, so the the movie basically concludes where he thwarts this attempted assassination, and then Parallax sends him to go on a job to kill this Hammond guy, um, and then from there is the conclusion of the movie. I really don't want to give it all away because no, it no. Is a, it's a great it is a great final ending, it, great final couple minutes. It really is a great final ending because um, it it. Goes it goes back in a complete circle to the beginning of the movie. Uh, yeah, it does, and uh, that's why what what I said about the waiter who was the fall guy in the beginning. What was his knowing where Warren Beatty ends up? You start to wonder. That puts all the questions in your head about who that other guy. Yeah, was. who was that other guy that yeah. fell off the space needle? That right. said everybody. Why did he run? Why was he chasing? You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is a really good movie. Um, uh, in, whole, in that sense, the I'm just. Alt, the, 
logistics of it confuse me to such a, such an extent now. Like <laughs> even the Parallax Corporation, they're recruiting assassins, but why are they? We don't ever know why they're doing it or who they're working right, for, right? Or, or who's paying for or, it? Or or because they're from what we see in the movie attempting to kill both candidates of an election. So does that mean are they working for two different clients? Right? Does someone want to kill Hammond and someone else wants to kill the And that's senator? a great unanswered question. Like nobody really Right. Yeah, it's cuz nobody knows who's behind it and that's that's an interesting that's the interesting thing about um you know when you look at the Kennedy assassination or if you look at a, a the the Paul is dead rumors. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets obsessed with the clues and the big picture is actually uh, not really addressed. It's just it, it's just getting wrapped up in all of the all of the details right. of how it happened. But like, who the hell is behind? Yeah, all right. This? Like like Donald Sutherland in a JFK when he says to Kevin Costner. Well, that's a real question, isn't it? Why? The how and the who is just scenery for the public. Oswald, Ruby, Cuba. The mafia keeps them guessing like some kind of parlor game, prevents them from asking the most important question, why? Why was Kennedy killed? Who benefited? Who has the power to cover it up? Who? And, and so, you know, like, exactly. How did it really shake out? Yeah. And there's other things in that movie, too, where Joe Pesci says, when Costner asks Pesci, who killed the president, Dave? Oh, the shooters don't even fucking know. It's a riddle wrapped inside an enigma. Da, da, da. And it's this whole thing where I think that's part of, we'll have a JFK episode, I'm sure, but that's part of the great metaphor of that movie is it's almost like the details of the assassination are beside the point. Like it's all this all this web of things. Exactly. And a lot of Watergate talk is like that too, where the yeah, details yeah. are kind of beside the point. Yeah, exactly. And it, again, it's window dressing or like we were talking about uh, our... Purposeful our, distraction. Our, yeah, our illustrious... Governor Ron DeSantis and the whole kind of culture war shit that goes on where it's just these hot button nonsensical issues that really don't point to solving the main problem. Right. And you got to imagine that this is a a pattern that has been going on. And it, it to me seems like the culture war is something that's deliberately cultivated to keep people confused. Absolutely. And to keep sort of people whose class interests should be aligned Against each other. Against each other. Yeah, that's exactly how I, and right. that's like Bob Roberts, another one of my favorite movies, does a lot of talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, The Parallax View, um, a, a good flick to check out. Warren Beatty's excellent, restrained, um, you know. Yeah, he had uh, just, his first movie in like three years, because he had just come back uh, from working in McGovern's campaign, being uh-huh. like a high-level operative for George McGovern. So that's, you know, you can feel sort of the political disillusionment all over it, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I got to get back to work, and the first thing I'm going to do is a political thriller. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that's that about assassination. zero money until yeah. 2009 <laughs> in fucking France. I wonder why. You think maybe the Parallax Corporation had something to do with that? Maybe. Were they sabotaging the release? Who's behind it all, you know? Who's responsible for the Hawaiian music in the elevators in the movie Simon? Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's right. All music in elevators. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a, that's one that will definitely be, uh, you know, Alan Arkin is going to probably get an episode of his own. Oh, one definitely. Day, in which we'll talk about Simon, I'm sure. Well, um, 
The, I was going to point out um, that, that Nashville also is about um, ostensibly about political assassination sure. as far as a plot point. And he said in the Playboy interview, he said that shooting the, uh, I'm paraphrasing, the shooting the Robert country Robert singer. Robert. Yeah, Altman said shooting the country singer confused people because if the guy shot the politician, nobody would be surprised. In effect, condoning political assassination. You know, um, and like I pointed out, um, you know, you just never, you never know who's at the top. Where does it go? And who, what, what's the line uh, from Deep Throat, which is the next movie we're going to talk about, right. All the President's Men, where follow he says, the follow the money. Yeah, follow the I think money. that's the first time that phrase probably came up yeah, in and American you know what? culture. It's, it's a real, like, one to remember. It's, oh, yeah, it's a yeah. universally applicable phrase. <laughs> yeah, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All the money. Well, I have to tell you that... Uh, 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 Alan, you know, this it's just a really beautifully shot movie. Uh, Gordon Willis, we talked about, um, again, and, and the music. Um, Michael Small again. It was Michael Small again. Uh, wonderful stuff. Um, end credits. Did you notice uh, in the end credits there was uh, the main cast and then there was featuring and it had a bunch of names, but it didn't say who they were playing. It just had the names. Name Stacy Keach Sr. was in there. No kidding. Yeah, I, I didn't see that. Wow. I don't know who he played, but that's uh, Stacey Keach's I, father. You know, I was looking in the Getting Back to Clued. I was looking for the credits, and I couldn't find it, but there was a uh, very famous model at the time sitting next to Jane Fonda at one of these. In the uh, beginning. Auditions sure. in the beginning, yeah. Hmm. Like a Janice Pennington or something like that. I'm, I'm, yeah, probably probably no credit. Um, but you look, you see her face like, wow, I've seen her on a million magazine covers. Yes, it was really cool. All right. So let's take a break. All right. And we'll get to our next feature in just a moment. <laughs>